0: Hey there, Margie Bryce here bringing you the Crabby Pastor podcast. And I don't think you're going to be too surprised to know that it's too easy today to become the Crabby Pastor. Our time together will give you food for thought to help you be the ministry leader, fully surrendered to God's purposes and living into whatever it takes to get you there and keep you there. So we're talking about sustainability in ministry. I'm looking at the title of this episode and it's Adventures in Friendship, Sensory Deprivation and the Lavender Farm. And that kind of is a little bit oxymoron-ish, isn't it? If you've ever been to a lavender farm, you know, it's almost like a that scene in the Wizard of Oz where it's like the poppies, the poppies, you know, this smell, this aroma, and you're like, oh, I think I want to take a nap now because, you know, it's lavender and it's relaxing. And then at the same time, I've sort of tagged onto this sensory deprivation, but really the key to this episode is Adventures in Friendship. And I guess I have a unique set of friends and they sort of think that I'm up for anything, apparently, because they'll ask, and I'll go, oh, what? Do what? So first off, my one friend called me, and this is two separate friends, and it was over a period of years, actually, that these two episodes or adventures really uh, happened. The first was a friend who, in the, the depths of winter in Michigan, if if you can imagine that, asked me if I wanted to Go with her. They had these salt water tanks that you could lay in the water and you just float, and it's supposed to be real relaxing. And she said, I want to go, I want to try this out. Will you come with me? And I asked her a few more, like, What? It's a what? And at the end of the day, I just thought, You know, I probably need to get out anyway you know, and go do something else. And when she said, the water, the temperature of the water matches your skin temperature, I thought, okay, I could do this. I could do this. So we went on this little adventure, and you get your own room and your own pod thing that they do close. I was a little concerned about that closing. I can be a little weirdly claustrophobic in places and at times but you get basically get into this tank and you just float it's there's not a lot of water in it i think it's just enough for you to just barely float in there and you that's it that's all you do as you float now i think it was for an hour and i thought oh good heavens what am i going to do for an hour With my brain in there, that was a challenge. So I did get in there and got less phobic about if I close this thing, am I going to be able to get back out? Are they going to remember that I'm back here? You know, if any of us have gone to a, a doctor's office visit and have forgotten that they put you in a room, and you know a lot, a lot of time has gone by and you you want to go stand out in the hallway and go, hey, I could be dead in here, you know? You know, you kind of, those thoughts come back when you're about to just lay in a tank of water and close this pod thing over top of you. The lid, basically, is what you're closing. You know, the water felt nice and it was real salty, so you, you were like extra floaty in there. And you had the option, too, of, there was, Electrical buttons in there, which made me a little nervous, but I just figured, okay, hot tubs work, so this has got to be okay. All of this has got to be okay, right? <laughs> so I hit, you could hit buttons and you could make all kinds of colorful light show things on the inside of the pod when you're whatever. But I decided to turn all that off, you know, and turning off my brain is not an easy thing for me to do. But I decided I was turning off all the lights and everything, and it got really dark. I was going to try that out. And if it freaked me out, you know, I was within a couple inches of the panel to, you know, turn the lights back on. And so I turned that off. So basically, I was pretty sensory deprived. You know, if I opened my eyes, I could see absolutely nothing nothing, nothing. I could hear nothing. I turned the music off. I turned off the lights, lights, the colorful ones. And I just lay there and did nothing for a whole hour, just about, you know, well, all right, let's say 45 minutes by the time I got myself mentally situated and figured out what I was going to do, which is nothing. It <laughs> took me a few minutes to decide how I was going to do nothing. But I did for a whole hour, just existed for, you know, under an hour, to be honest. It went by more quickly than I expected. And this is not an advertisement for these kind of things either. What it might be an advertisement for is, you know, if your friends have enough nerve to connect with you and say, hey, you want to do this crazy thing? you know, you might want to go unless it's parachute jumping that I probably would draw the line at. I'm not a fan of heights and stuff. And definitely jumping out of a plane would not be high on my, it's nowhere on my any list other than the do not do this list. But it is an advertisement though for doing nothing for a moment. So I had a friend drag me basically into doing nothing for a time period and just be and just exist. And what did roll through my head, though, while I was floating there in the dark, was this This brings a whole new meaning to be still and know that I am God. That really did resonate with me, to just be who I am, know that God loves me in that moment and just savor that. And it was also an experience of just stopping, just stop. I mean, if you're really caught up in the doing, 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 and you feel yourself getting a little crabby over it, you know, it wouldn't be such a bad idea to find one of these little tanks and experience doing nothing. If you can't make yourself do nothing any other way, this is a good one. So I really was uh, deeply indebted to my friend who said, Hey, I want to go try this out. You want to come with me? So I just thought, okay, this is probably the craziest thing that I've done. And I still think it is pretty high up there for for me. Um, but I learned about taking friends up on their crazy ideas and enjoying an experience together because we had a great lunch afterwards, and just chatted about you know what we thought about it and and whether we'd do this ever again. And no, thank you, we did not want to buy a membership where we would do this regularly. Although I have to say, even though even though the gal pressured her her best at the place, and the place wasn't close to us, we had to drive more than an hour. I thought you know. <laughs> You know, I should recommend to a lot of my ministry leader friends. We should all go do this once a month They just lay there and just do nothing and float. You're not even supporting your body. You know, <laughs> the, there is a real benefit to this. If you can't stop yourself any other way, go find one of these tanks. So, and I, I'm sure they don't call it sensory deprivation. T- I think they call it a float, a float. So that sounds a little bit better of a name. So I was really grateful for my friend who dragged me into that process. Hey, Margie Bryce here, and I have something free for you. If you are unsure of what your mindset is when it comes to self care, if you know you should do self care, but you're just not sure how to get that rolling, how to get started, I have a free ebook for you. And it is about radical self care, and it will get you started thinking about it and has lots of helpful information. Actually what it is more than anything else is a journal style kind of piece that will help you work through the process of self evaluation. So you get a sense of where you are with self care. So to get this free ebook, I'm gonna put a link in the show notes. And you can access it from there and it can help you get started on the self-care that you know you should be doing anyway and get you started maybe on taking some definitive action to ensure that you have the sustainability necessary to go the distance with God. More recently, though, was a friend of mine that <laughs> called and said, hey, I want to go to the lavender farm and pick some lavender, harvest lavender. And I said, you do? She says, you want to come with me? And I thought, well, what am I going to do with lavender when I cut it? I mean, I really, I still don't know. It's sitting, it's this fresh of an experience that it's still sitting in a a, a big vase of water. And I still don't know what I'm going to do with it, but it smells amazing, I have to say. And then, of course, you want to go take a nap. But my friend, we walked out at the lavender farm, which I have never been to a lavender farm, which enough, you know, that's enough of a reason to go sometimes as if you have a friend saying, hey, let's go do this, you know, and you've never done that. That's the time to go. I think she's been out there a few times. And so I kind of felt like she knows what she's doing. And I always like to feel like I'm at least looking like I know what I'm doing, even when I don't. I like to know that. So I went to the lavender farm and they gave us little bands that we could, you can pack a bunch as long as it fits in this band, which is a lot of lavender, I have to tell you. And then they gave us scissors and my friend and I tromped out there and, and it was a great day. Low humidity not super hot, not super sunny. And this thing was huge. We just kept walking and walking. And of course, the Lavender Festival had happened a couple weeks earlier. And so there wasn't as much lavender to be had and to be harvested as there had been, she said, in previous visits. But we just kept walking and walking. I think there was at least 20, maybe more acres of lavender, So we just kind of wandered around out there and wandered around and eventually we stopped a couple of places and snipped and got our bunches of lavender and, and we were there maybe an hour, a little over an hour. We wandered in the gift shop, which was very nice and just kind of, you know, basically putzed around, just putzed around. And sometimes that's a good use of your time too, is just, just to putz around in something that doesn't mean much more than being present in the moment and if you're like me you know if you're the least little bit visionary you look ahead to what's coming and sometimes you get antsy That today doesn't look like it's lining up with where that vision is going. And so then you get this internal thing going that you ought to be doing something to make that vision down the road happen. Or you're somebody that looks a lot at yesterday and and you fret and regret a lot. Or you have stuff even for today that you can fret about and worry about. But sometimes, you know, a trip to the lavender farm can just keep you in the moment and just enjoying someone else's company with your little scissors. It was not very, you notice that both of these things are not very demanding things to do. And maybe that's what my friends think I need. (laughs) Maybe that's the issue. My friends look at me and go, you need to chill, sister. And so, uh, you know, these are the kind of invitations that I get. So we sauntered around and then we went back to her place and had a bite to eat. And I have to say that for some reason, in that moment, in that time, together, and we're back at her place. And, you know, we're just chatting, I ended up sharing some things that were very troubling to me and of great concern. And, oh, my goodness, she listened. And it was over a situation that had happened a week before. And she looked me in the face and said, why didn't you call me? why didn't you call me? I would, I would have, you know, talked to you then. I was like, well, you know, you just don't wanna be that friend to your friends. And she said, no, I want you to promise me from now on, when something like that happens and you're that upset, you, you need to call me. And so it ended up being a very wonderful moment. It's a friendship that we've had since our kids were little, and that's a long time. I won't give you the number, but let's suffice it to say our, our children are adults and we've been friends a long time. And there were times that we were closer than other times. And it just was a very knit me together with my friend kind of moment. So, and, and that's not, Her intent when she invited me, she was just like, let's just walk around and snip the lavender, and lavender smells good. And and, well, what do you use lavender for? Because I've got to have, you know, a function for what I'm doing at all times, which is, you know, ridiculous. In some cases. And, you know, she says, Oh, well, I just, you know, cut a couple and put them on gifts and I wrap it with, la- and I've received stuff from her like that. You know, a little tie of lavender on there and, you know, just nice little touches and I dry it and I, you know, you ut- I can be too utilitarian, let's just say. And so I just thought, well, I'm going to bring this stuff home. I'm sitting it on my counter. I think I might dry it and then I don't know. But, When I look back on our time together, and I look at how our time together opened up the possibility of a deeper connection, and I'm very grateful for that. I am very grateful for that. You know, God puts people in our lives for a lot of reasons, and sometimes it's just for a season. Sometimes it's just for a season. But while you have those moments, you know, when you have your friends calling you to, you know, let's go float in the tank or let's go to the lavender farm or whatever, take them up on it. Or maybe maybe you're the one that wants to go float in a tank or you're the one that wants to go to the lavender farm. Hey, you know, be brave. Be brave and Figure out who you could call to go with you. And and if the first three say, no, thank you, no, thank you, you need to keep calling until you find that crazy friend that will go float in a tank with you. And we weren't in the same room, you know, we just were, it was independent, you know, kind of thing or someone who will go walk the lavender farm with you. I know I have a blueberry picking session coming up uh, even yet this week where I'm just, you know, snagging some people just that I want to spend some time with. And, of course, I am being utilitarian about this because I pick the entire year's worth of blueberries that we use and blueberry pancakes and whatnot, and I freeze them. But but still, it's uh, it doesn't take us long, and we get out there. We get out of our usual environment and just enjoy each other's company. So you want to sow sow some friendship seeds. You want to reach out to your friends to either be that friend that will say, hey, let's, or, or go along with a friend who wants to do something crazy, unless it was something like parachuting, in which case, no, I would not do that. But anyway, that is your challenge for an adventure in friendship reaching out and connecting with other people, are gonna, it's going to make you less of a crabby ministry leader. It really does. When you take a moment just to refresh and relax and connect with others. So that is your challenge. How can you connect? How can you recreate in the moment so that you don't become the crabby pastor? Hey, thanks for listening. It is my deep desire and passion to champion issues of sustainability in ministry and for your life. So I'm here to help. I stepped back from pastoral ministry, and I feel called to help ministry leaders uh, create and cultivate sustainability in their lives so that they can go the distance with God and whatever plans that God has for you. I would love to help. I would consider it an honor. And in all things, make sure you connect to these sustainability practices, you know, so that you don't become the crabby Pastor.